Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 10th. Honor your commitments, even those you make to yourself. If you've told someone, I'll buy a newspaper today, and then the news you wanted reaches you by some other means, go buy the paper anyway. Do so to honor your word to that person and also to yourself. If you view even your casual commitments as promises, you will gain such a power of truth that your mere word will have support from the universe. You know, it's interesting how times change. Who goes out to buy a newspaper these days? You know, and the news reaches you by some other means. I mean, the newspaper is the last possible way that the truth will come to you. Give us another five or ten years and the word newspaper won't even mean anything to ten-year-olds. It's just like this world is really changing so fast. This is a complete digression, but I'm going to go here for a minute. There was a very interesting book, and now I can't remember the name of it, but it was written by a, a, a writing teacher at one of the well-known universities. And he was talking about how careful you have to be about certain references, because sometimes you'll, um, use a, um, you'll use a reference to sort of encapsulate a whole um, understanding, but if people don't understand your reference, they won't um, understand the rest of it. Um, this, the, tor- the story of Tom Sawyer getting other people to help him paint the fence when it was a, a job he didn't want to do, you know, it, for a certain generation of people, you could just call it, you could refer to Tom Sawyer's fence. And people would know that you meant that, you'd, that other people had accepted an unpleasant job because you were such a good salesman. It was Tom Sawyer's fence. And, but this professor gave to his college-age students like a hundred references and they recognized about a quarter of them. And people just 10 or 20 years older recognized 90 of them or a hundred percent of them. So it's very, it's very interesting how, especially nowadays, how everything is shifting so quickly. I have several friends of the millennial generation and they will often make a joke that everyone in their set understands because it's a reference to something that they all understand, even among my peers. Um, because I left, I left mainstream society, I pretty much dropped out when I was 20. And I really dropped out when I was 24. So I didn't have television or any of those things. I remember just being with a group of my peers and somebody started singing some song and everybody knew the words. I didn't have the foggiest idea what they were singing, but they all knew it because it had been something that they, that we, but not I, had all grown up with. It's just these shared realities are rather fun. Culture is fun. Now, now so assuming you're going to go out and buy a newspaper, which you probably haven't done and won't do again for a really long time, if ever. But the main point Swami's talking about is the incredible importance of keeping your word. And in his book of affirmations, um, he has this phrase, my word is my bond, 
so also is my resolution, which I, I think that's a very nice way to put, to keep your word even to yourself. That if you make a decision to do something, that you will do it. I'm very good at keeping my word. I have to be honest, full disclosure. I'm less good at keeping my resolutions. But I, I try, my way of dealing with it is I try to be careful about my resolutions <laughs> so that I don't undermine my own integrity. But I, have, I have, can personally speak very strongly about keeping my word. It's just, if I said I'm going to do it, I just simply do it. And it becomes... It's not merely that you gain a certain power in that, but you become, uh, you become really comfortable in yourself because there is this confidence, and this is why I'm also working on my resolutions and making sure that if I actually make it as a resolution, I will carry it forward. You, 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 you grow strong. You really grow strong because it's the truth of the universe becomes the truth in you. Because there's this other sort of, you know, this um, subconscious worry that, um, how, do we, how do we say it? When we know we're lying, when I myself know I'm lying, then I'm, I'm inherently demagnetized. Lying in the sense that I say I'm going to do it, but a piece of me knows I'm not. So don't speak unless you're certain about it. And then if you have spoken then carry it out and do it. And it isn't as hard as you think once it just becomes a part of who we are. It begins to feel like the right thing. Now, let me just sort of try to get this together here. There's a magnetism. Earlier in in this month, Swami was talking about truth and I was talking about Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and how truth is one of those Yoga Sutras. And I was talking about it in that context more about the underlying deeping, deeper truths of things. Swami here is talking about truth. The spoken word is an outward power. You know, every magic, not every, but every, many of the fairy tales that you read or the magic stories that you read, at some point you'll come to a magic spell that a wizard or a certain person can carry out, that they can use strong words and the very universe is bound by those words because the universe is sound vibration. And our speech is sound vibration. And if, if our speech is consistently in harmony with the vibration of the universe, then, then the power of the universe begins to throw, flow through our words. There's a book that I've published. It's my own collection of stories. Not all my, my, not all my experiences, but a collection of stories. It's called Loved and Protected, Stories of Miracles and Answered Prayers. I highly recommend the book um, because the stories in it are just magnificent. And I did a, a decent job of writing them up. So it's just, it's a page turner. It's the only way I can describe it. After I've read it myself, cover to cover, a couple of times. And I know all the stories, but they're just so powerful. They really move me. And there's a story in there um, and it's, it's people I know. It's a, it's a woman who's a contemporary of mine. We started together at Ananda 50 years ago now. She's a, a, a very strong, very honest, plain-spoken person. Just She's a truth-teller, a truth-teller in the simplest, most direct way you could say that. And the man tells the story, this is what was happening. 
he um, and his wife were visiting this woman I'm talking about and her husband. They, they'd come over for dinner or for tea in their home. And um, he, it was, he hadn't been in their home before, so he wasn't really familiar with the layout. And it was a house that was built. It was, it was not a very large house, but it was several floors. And so there was a stairway, a rather steep stairway, that went down from the floor they were on down to a lower level, and that it, it was just an open stairwell um, going with, with a, a steep flight of stairs going down. And they were sitting in the living room having tea, and there was a bank of windows looking out on the, the forested area because the house was at Ananda village. It was out in the country. And they were having tea, and someone saw a very interesting bird out the window. So they all got up to look at the bird, and they were sort of watching the bird like this. And he was maneuvering himself into a better position as the bird moved so that he could watch it. And he didn't realize that he was standing right close to the stairwell, and as he moved, he actually just stepped back into air. He just put, put a step backward, and there was nothing under his feet because the stairs went down so steeply. Now, this man describes himself, he said, as a very, he was a very athletic person, and as he was a very um, extremely active uh, man when he was growing up. And he particularly liked movement and speed, he said, if it, could, if, it, if it could be rolled or slid or moved, he said, I was on it. And, you know, roller skates, skateboards, skis, snowboards, bicycles, then motorcycles, but mostly the other, the kind that you propelled on your own. He said, if it moved, I was on it. And if it moved, I've fallen off of it. So he, he commented that he was familiar with the experience of falling. So as he stepped backwards and realized he was falling, he tried to adjust his body to try to um, mitigate the catastrophe. And he suddenly realized he was just heading down this steep stairwell, and he saw absolutely no way of, of even mitigating what was about to happen to him. But just as that moment, as that thought was crossing his mind, his hostess heard the, the commotion of him beginning to go down, maybe he cried out. She turned around and saw him. And she said, Oh, God, no! Like that. And he said, it wasn't a prayer. <laughs> it was a declaration of truth. And he said, and in the next instant, he was standing facing the window again. And uh, that was simply what happened. And, and, they, and there were four people there, and they all saw it happen. Her word was simply binding on the universe. No, this is not going to happen. I asked him later, he said, you know, uh, he, he remarked that <clears throat> he treated that woman with a lot more respect than he had treated her before. <laughs> he said a little bit of awe was in there. And, you know, she's, she's an extremely fine and deep person, but she really tells the truth. She just does. And so in that moment, I mean, it was God's will. It was loved and protected. It was, a, it was a miracle and an answered prayer. But it was also the living proof that we, we really don't even know what our own potential is. But if we begin to work toward it and to align ourselves with, with that which is, you know, it's, it, we're, we're, 
We have so many reasons why we're always trying to squirm out of things. We want to look good in front of people, so we say things we don't mean. Somebody asks us a direct question and we're afraid to give them the true answer. We're always in kind of a wishful thinking state and sort of just making statements and ideas about what we're going to do that don't really have any relationship to truth. We're, we're making promises to ourselves that are too big for us to keep because we don't have a realistic idea of who we really are. I mean, why do we continually make commitments and resolutions that we can't keep? Well, it's because we're not honestly and humbly and genuinely connected with our true nature. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. We're not honestly and deeply connected with our true nature. I have a very loud sneeze. That one wasn't too bad. But once we were having a long meditation in our temple. It was absolute silence. It was maybe like 90 minutes into it. And sometimes sneezes come on me really loud. And whoever the sound person was had kept my mic open. And this this poor room full of meditating people suddenly just had this shriek of a sneeze just blast into the room. I think that, whoa, I think they, they, um, it was a long time before they trusted me again. And I was always very definite to tell the sound person, please mute my mic. You know, we never know what's going to happen. All right. But what I was going to say is one of the reasons that we have trouble keeping, um, that we make the wrong resolutions is because we're not really honest enough to decide who we are. And I mean, I, 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 I think I might be overstating it when I said I don't keep my commitments to myself because I'm very, very careful. I'm very, very careful about my self-expectations. I mean, it's good to affirm, but also I don't want to violate truth. I know what truth is, and my word is my bond, and so also is my resolution. So let me be extremely clear in what I promise. Then I can surprise myself by doing more than I promise to myself. But we don't want to consistently, because also you see, it, it begins, in, in, uh, well, let me just finish that sentence more appropriately. When I was saying at the very beginning, if you keep your word, you develop this, this strength within yourself. You, be, you, you begin to develop a self-concept of somebody who will do what they say they'll do. And there's a lot of power in that. Master um, said, it, it, if you're, and this is, you'll see how this connects, if you're faced with a test that is bigger than you can pass, he said, run away. Because you don't want to develop the self-concept of a person who fails. So when you are able to keep your word, and when you are able to keep your commitment even to yourself, you develop the self-confidence of being someone who keeps their word. And then just think about that. That's a tremendous power. My word is my bond, and so also is my resolution. And therefore, that's who I am. That's a lot of truth to stand in, and it's marvelous to do so. So Swami says, Honor your commitments, even those you make to yourself. If you've told someone I'll buy a newspaper today, and then the news you wanted reaches you by some other means, 
go buy the newspaper anyway. Do so to honor your word to that person and also to yourself. If you view even your casual commitments as promises, you will gain such a power of truth that your mere word will have support from the universe. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.